The next few Mishnahs list many different Averas, many different prohibitions for which the punishment is receiving Malchus, lashes by the Basin. And although the mission does not list all of the prohibitions for which one is liable to lashes, it lists the ones which are not necessarily totally obvious that they would receive Malchus for them. For example, if there is also a punishment of Kores, the first few mentioned in this mission are all punishable by Kores. And then it goes on to discuss other avirus which aren't necessarily explicit in the Torah, or the punishment is not so clear. But as it may, the list begins, somebody who is Tomei who eats carbonis. Or he enters the Hamikdash whilst he is Tomei. Both of these prohibitions are punishable by Kores. And if somebody was warned beforehand that he would receive Malchus for it, then he would also receive Malchus. One who eats the certain fats of an animal, which are forbidden by the Torah, by the punishment of Kores. The Dom, or somebody who eats blood, the Noisar, somebody who eats carbon meat, which has been left over past the deadline by which it needs to be eaten, or Pigle. Pigle refers to a carbon where during one of the main parts of bringing up the carbon, the Koyen who was involved had the intention that this carbon be eaten after the deadline for eating that carbon. In such a case, the carbon becomes invalid. It's known as Pigle and it's forbidden to eat it. In fact, it's punishable by Kores if somebody eats it. The Tomei, somebody who eats carbon wheat meat which has become Tomei. Somebody who slaughters a carbon for the sake of a carbon outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Or he offers up the carbon outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Somebody who eats Chomets on Pesach. Somebody who eats or he violates the prohibition of doing work on Yom Kippur. Somebody who makes up a mixture of oil the special anointing oil, which was used in the Beis HaMikdash, if somebody makes a copy of it, an exact copy of how the Torah describes it needs to be made, that is also punishable by Kores, so I'm a one who makes an exact copy of the Ketores, the spices which were offered up in the Beis HaMikdash, that is also punishable by Kores, one who anoints a person with the anointing oil, which Moshe Rabbeinu made, and was used only for very specific purposes, if he just uses it to anoint somebody with it, to rub the oil on someone, that is also forbidden and punishable by Kores. Now the Mishnah lists a few Averis which are not punishable by Kores. One who eats an animal which died without valid Shechita, or or an animal which is forbidden to eat due to it having an internal wound. Shkotzim, this refers to various small animals which are not kosher and forbidden to eat, or a mosim, or small insect-like animals. Ochal tevel, if somebody eats tevel, which refers to produce which has not yet been tithed, the various gifts like truma and maisa, which needs to be given to the kohanim and the levim, has not yet been separated from that produce. Or if somebody eats maiserishen, which is the tenth of one's produce, which is given to a levi, but before the levi is allowed to eat it, or before it can be eaten at all by any Body, a tenth of that mycerician, so a tenth of the tenth of the original produce, needs to be separated as trumas mycer, and that needs to be given to the koyen. So if somebody eats the mycerician, before the trumas mycer has been separated from it, that is also forbidden. If somebody eats mycerician, and we're talking about mycerician which became tomei, mycerician is a tenth of one's produce which he needs to separate and bring up to Yerushalayim. He doesn't need to give it to somebody else, but he needs to eat it himself within Yerushalayim. 
However, if it became Tomei, then it needs to be redeemed onto other food or onto money, and then the money should be used to buy food, and that food needs to be eaten in a state of purity, of Tara. If the Maishasheni is Tomei, and it has not been redeemed, then he eats it, that is forbidden by Malchus. And same applies for somebody who eats Hekdush. Hekdush refers to something which belongs to the Beis HaMikdosh. It's designated to the Beis HaMikdosh. And really it needs to be redeemed onto money. And the money should be given to the Beis HaMikdosh. But if he eats that food item itself, which is designated to the Beis HaMikdosh, that is also forbidden and is punishable by Malchus. Ask the Mishnah. In general, there are minimum amounts for one to be liable for doing various prohibitions. For example, eating something which is forbidden. Only if you eat, in general, a kazayas, the size of an olive, that's usually the minimum amount to eat of something forbidden in order to be liable. So the Mishnah asks, How much tevel does one need to eat in order to be liable to Malchus? Tevel, again, refers to produce from which the tithes have not yet been separated. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Rabbi Shimon says, If you eat any amount of the tevel, even a tiny amount, you're already liable to Malchus. No, it has to be at least the size of an olive. That's just like in general for any prohibition of eating. Do you not agree with me that somebody who eats an ant of any size, an ant is certainly smaller than the size of an olive, do you not agree with me that somebody who eats a full ant is liable to Malchus? So you see, that it's not necessarily true that it always has to be the size of a kazayas. That's not a proof. Over there, the reason why you're liable to Malchus is because you ate the ant in the same s- when the ant was in the same state as it was created, meaning it's the full ant. You ate the entire animal. It's true that it's a tiny animal, but you ate the entire thing. So over there, you don't necessarily need a minimum size because you ate the actual ant. But over here, where you're eating just produce, it needs to be a minimum amount in order to, to make you liable. Amulahem and Mishim said to them, I agree, but even over here, even one kernel of wheat is how it was created. Just like you understand that for eating an entire animal, I'm liable. So too, if I eat an entire kernel of wheat, I am liable. According to the Chachomim, it's not so simple because only if it's alive, if it's an animal or something, only then is there an extra stringency involved in eating the entire thing. Whereas if it's just produce, so the fact that it's an entire kernel of wheat is not so relevant according to the Chachomim. Mishnah Gimel, the list continues. One who eats Bikurim. Bikurim are the first fruit which ripen in one's field. And there is a mitzvah to bring that up to the Beis Hamikdash and to give it to the Kranim there. And part of the procedure which is gone through in the Beis Hamikdash is to make a whole declaration and read certain Pesukim and give thanks to Hashem. And at least according to this Mishnah, one who eats the Bikurim before reading all of the Pesukim and making that entire declaration in the Beis Hamikdash, if one eats the Bikurim before that has been done, even if it is a Kayin who eats it, he would be liable to Malkus because he only gets the ability and the permission to eat it once the whole procedure of Bikurim has been completed. As well as that, somebody who eats Kodshe Kodshim, Karbonos which have extra sanctity, they have a high level of holiness, and they need to be eaten within the Besamekdosh itself. So somebody eats it Chutzlaklo'im outside of the curtains, or what was originally curtains, later on became walls, of the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, if you eat it outside of the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, or Kodshim Kalim, Korbanos which have a lower degree of sanctity, 
and holiness, and so they only need to be eaten within the city of Yerushalayim, not necessarily within the base of Mikdash itself. Or Maishashani, or if somebody eats Maishashani, the tenth of one's produce which needs to be eaten in, in Yerushalayim, if he eats at Chutz outside of the wall of Yerushalayim, in all these cases he would be liable to Malchus. Hashivah Sa'etzem Bapesach Atohar, one who breaks a bone of a pure carbon Pesach, it's Korim Pesach, which is Tahar, it can be eaten. If somebody breaks the bone, Harizeloike, Arboim, he would receive 40 lashes. He would be liable to Malchus. That is a prohibition to break a bone of the Korim Pesach. However, one who leaves over part of the Korim Pesach, even if the Korim Pesach is Tahar, it's a kosher, valid Korim Pesach, if he leaves it over and doesn't completely eat it, although that is forbidden, the entire Korim Pesach needs to be eaten up, However, since no action is involved in this prohibition, there would be no punishment of Malchus. As well as that, there's another reason which the Gemara gives for why he wouldn't be, be punished by Malchus, and this really leads us on to the next Mishnah, where we're now seeing exceptions to the punishment of Malchus, and that is, Malchus does not apply to a lav hanithikla asei, a prohibition which the Torah says, when you violate such prohibition, there is a mitzvah to do after that, in order to fix it. For example, in this case, the Torah says you should not leave over any of the Korban Pesach until the morning. And if you do leave over any of it, then you've got a mitzvah to burn it. So we understand that when the Torah says that the sort of consequence in a case where you violate the prohibition of leaving over the Korban Pesach until the morning, the Torah says the consequence is to burn it. We understand the Torah to be saying that it's to burn it instead of Malchus. Instead of receiving a punishment, you've got a mitzvah to fix that which you did. That is in place of the Malchus, and therefore a Lavanitical assay is not punished by Malchus. So those are two reasons why somebody who leaves over part of the Korban Pesach until the morning will not receive Malchus. Firstly, because it doesn't involve an action, and secondly, because it is a Lavanitical assay, it is a prohibition which can be fixed by doing another mitzvah after that. In this case, burning the leftover meat. The Hashaver Batome, and one who breaks a bone of a Tome Korban Pesach, since that Korban Pesach anyway can't be eaten, it's learned from Psukim that the prohibition of breaking the bone does not apply in such a case, and Sa'ina Leikar Boim, he would not receive the punishment of 40 lashes. Mishnah Dala, the focus of this Mishnah is the mitzvah of Shiluach Haken. If somebody finds a bird on top of its eggs, or on top of its chicks, the Torah says, You should not take the mother bird. And then the Torah says, You shall surely send away the mother bird. And you can take the young birds. The question is, is the Torah coming to say there's a, there's a prohibition to take the mother bird? And if you do, so there's a way to fix it by sending the mother bird away. If you took it, so you shouldn't have done that. And now to, the consequence of that is to send the mother bird away. If that is the case, then the prohibition of taking the mother bird would be a lav It's fixed by that mitzvah However, there's another way to understand the Pesukim, that it's not saying you've got a prohibition, and if you violate the prohibition, then send away the mother bird. Rather, the Torah is saying, you can't take the mother bird, rather, you should send the mother bird away. It's not saying if you violate the prohibition, then you should send it away. If you understand it like that, then it's not considered an alavanetical assay. It's a regular prohibition, a regular avera. And this is subject to an argument in our Mishnah, one who takes the mother bird from laying on her chicks, on her young birds. Rabbi Yehuda says, he receives Malchus, and he hasn't got a mitzvah to send away the mother, the mother, the mother bird. That's not a mitzvah. It's saying that instead of taking away the mother bird, you should send it away. 
It's not saying if you did it, then you have a mitzvah to send it away. So it's a regular avira for which there is a punishment of malchus. But the chachon say, no, once you took it, you should send it away, and that would fix the avira which you did, and then you wouldn't receive malchus. As the Mishnah explains, this is the rule. Any negative prohibition, any avira for which the Torah gives a positive mitzvah to do something if you violated that Avera, one would not be liable to Malchus for violating that Avera. There's a discussion in the Gemara, what would be in a case where he doesn't fulfill that mitzvah saseh? Then he would possibly be liable to Malchus. Mishnah hey, this Mishnah gives examples of certain Averas for which one would be liable to multiple sets of lashes. First, the mission begins with the actual prohibitions themselves. One who pulls out hair of his head in order to make a bald patch as a sign of mourning over a person who died. This is explicitly prohibited by the Torah. And somebody who makes the corners of his hair on his head round, rounded. That means that he cuts off his payas, the hair on the side bones. He cuts those off. The Hamashkas passes a Konai, one who destroys the corners of his beard. And the mission will go into details of all of these in a moment. The Hasurit Sri Ta'achas and somebody who makes one cut in his body as mourning over a dead body, over a dead person. In all these cases, Chayev would be liable to lashes. And now the mission goes into the numbers. If somebody made one cut in his body as a sign of mourning, an expression of mourning over five dead people. Or if he makes five different cuts in his body as mourning over one dead person. Says the Mishnah, in both of these cases, he would be liable for every single one, either every single one of the cuts or every single one of the dead people for which he cut his body. The Torah says, A cut for a dead body you shouldn't put on your flesh, on your skin. And we learn from there that for every cut and for every dead body, that is another prohibition, another set of lashes. Now regarding the prohibition of cutting off one's payas, one who cuts off the, that area of the head, of the hair, he would be liable potentially to two sets of malchus, one for each side of his hair. Achmikan, one from this side, Achmikan, one from the other side, the left, the one from the right, one from the left. Well, Hazokon, regarding the prohibition of destroying one's beard, Steinmikan, there are two different Averas for two different parts of the beard on one side, Steinmikan, and two parts on the other side of his face, Vachman Mata, and one on the lower part of his face, being on his chin, those are five parts of the beard which are considered to be five different prohibitions for destroying one's beard. Now, it's not necessarily so clear where these five points of the beard are. But there are five different parts of the beard, and if you were to um, take off the entire beard which you have, then you would certainly violate five different prohibitions and be, and be liable to five different sets of malchus. Rebbe Yezer says, Since at the end of the day it's true there are five different parts of the beard, however they're all learnt from the same puzzle, they all come under the same category of Avira. And therefore in the Tolikulik Achas, if he took away his entire beard in one go, in Chayvel Achas he's only liable to one set of malchus, similar to a case where somebody eats something which is prohibited, and he eats lots of that food. He doesn't just eat one kazais, he eats let's say three kazaisim, the size of three olives. If he does it in one go, even though he ate more of it, He's still only liable for having transgressed one Avera. So the same applies over here if you were to shave the entire beard in one go. 
Now, what's considered to be destroying the beard, which comes under this prohibition, he's only liable if he takes the beard off with a razor. It's learned from Sukkim that it has to be considered shaving if you were to take, let's say, tweezers and pull out the hair like that, that's not considered to be a regular way of shaving. So it has to be like a regular way of shaving, but in a way which is considered to be a destruction of the beard. So that would be by using a razor. Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer says, he learns the Pesukim slightly differently, and according to him, even if he picks out the hairs of his beard with tweezers or some sort of tool, a sharp tool which he would scrape the hairs off, like that, even though it's not necessarily considered to be a regular way of shaving, it's considered regular enough according to Bliezer. It's certainly considered to be destroying the beard, and according to Bliezer, even though it's not necessarily the regular, most common way of shaving, it's still considered to be a common way to shave, and therefore it would also come under the, under the prohibition of destroying one's beard.